When it comes to music, some songs you can sort of get burned out if you listen to too many times. But there are other songs that you can listen to over and over again on repeat and never get tired of them. And today we're going to talk about our favorite 80s songs we listen to on repeat. Hey guys, I'm Abby. And I'm Keith. Welcome to our 80s Life Podcast Edition. And of course, we're coming to you from our video podcast, which is a new addition to our show. So we hope that you're enjoying it. Yeah, I'm still getting used to this. I know, it's a little different. It's like we did video and then we started doing podcasting. Now we're doing them both together yeah. at the same time. It's like, where do you look? I know. Do we look at the camera? On YouTube, you always look at the camera, but here <laughs> it's like, I feel, like I feel like I need to be looking at you, Abby. I know, because we're having a conversation. Yeah. So maybe we'll get more natural after a little bit, but uh, we're doing the best we can. But a lot of you guys told us that you enjoyed this format, so thank you. Whether you're listening to us on Apple Podcast or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts, or whether you're watching on YouTube, Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, and definitely be sure to check out our YouTube channel, Our 80s Life. Absolutely. Okay, so we just got back, like just got back from a weekend trip to the lake. We have our annual family reunion, and um, it's about a four-hour drive for Keith and I, so we spend a lot of time in the car. It's a long, boring drive. It's a boring drive. Um, until you get to Missouri. <laughs> the Kansas yeah. part's kind of boring. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so, but in the car... We were listening to, of course, tons of 80s music, and we had this conversation about how, like, some songs you kind of just get tired of them after a while, yeah, no you, matter what, how great the song is. You know, it's funny. If I look at my listen, I guess it's my listen history. Yes. You know, some songs, like, for a month, I mean, I just listen to the heck out of them, yeah. and then all of a sudden, I just don't ever listen to it again. Yeah, you totally burn yourself out. Like, Cool Rider? <laughs> oh, no. We've already talked about that when we talked about our guilty pleasure songs. Um, yeah, that is true. And I also tend to listen to songs from artists. Like if we go and see them in concert, then I will listen to their songs on repeat after that. Um, and then like I kind of just take a break from them after a while and switch to something else. Yeah, on Spotify, I looked at my uh, listen history for the last month, and it was almost all Duran Duran. <laughs> Me too. Mine was. My top ten most listened to songs were all Duran Duran. So Duran Duran, if you're watching, we love you guys. And we can listen to you over and over again. It never gets old. It never does. Okay. And their songs are so different. Like they're not all, they don't all sound the same, you know? Okay. But we wanted to know what were our most listened to songs on repeat for the duration of the time we've used Spotify, which has been for me over a decade. Yeah, for me, it's been shorter, but it still has been at least five years, probably. Oh, at least. Five or six years, at least. So so I have one question for you. Okay. Were you surprised by the songs that made your list? No. <laughs> I was not. And all of mine were 80s songs. All of my top 10 were 80s songs. So mine were not. Yeah. So what I did is I picked the top 10 80s songs. Right. But I did have some more modern stuff mixed in there because I have a little variety in my life. I do not. <laughs> no, there are a few breakout uh, modern musicians that I really enjoy. Uh, uh, some of them that have made my top list in previous years, Vampire Weekend broke out between among the 80s bands. 
Um, and also Foster the People is one of my favorites. A Dua Lipa, I really enjoy. But for the most part, they're 80s. So the reason I ask if you were surprised, because I really was, because the ones that hit my top 10, I wouldn't say these are necessarily artists that are my favorite, but they have yeah. songs that I must listen to. And I think also it's because a lot of them are in playlists that I listen to. Same. And so I think they get the benefit of the playlist mm -hmm. over the artist. I agree. I have certain playlists that I have created that I listen to over and over again. And some of mine were one-hit wonders from the 80s. Um, so, yeah, maybe not my favorite artist, but, like, they have this one song that I totally love. Yes, that's the case. It didn't surprise me, per se, but that that was true for mine as well. We have not talked about our list. No, we have not. Um, so what we thought we would do is just uh, take turns. We're going to talk about our top ten and discuss. So when we're talking about our top ten, so the first five in our top ten, we will not have musical clues to go along with it. Right. No, we're just going to talk about We'll talk those. about But the last five, we'll actually play a little clip from those songs. Okay. Yeah, we didn't want it to be too long of a show. Otherwise, this would be like a two-hour podcast. <laughs> yeah. 20, and nobody wants that. 20 clips. All right. So we're going to do that. So why don't you start? What was your number ten? We're going to count down to our number one most, most listened to. All right. Okay, so number ten. All right, number ten on my list was... In Your Eyes by Peter Gabriel. Oh, that's so good. And I instantly think of a movie with that one. Yes. What movie was that in? It was from Say Anything. That's correct. Yeah. Lloyd was proclaiming his love to Diane. So good. With the boom box. <laughs> boom box over the head. I mean, who, who all knows that? Yes, Everybody. that's classic. It hit number tw 26 on the Billboard 100, so I thought it would have got higher than that. Oh, I'm surprised. Yeah. yeah, I would have thought so as well. Yeah, but it came out in 1986. It was on the album So. That's the name of it? Just yeah. So. So. Okay, and it's Peter Gabriel. Yeah, now he is not a one-hit wonder. He has other great hits, um, but that's probably one of his biggest ones. Yeah, I was not surprised that one was in my top ten because I love okay. that song. okay. It's, I'm not either because you like all the mushy-gushy love songs. <laughs> I love rom-coms. I love mushy-gushy songs. I don't and have, this is how it was with our other list, too. You all, all of yours were love songs, and mine, none of mine were. <laughs> yeah, we, we see who has the tender heart of this relationship. But most of mine are new wave or synth. I'm not surprised. Yeah, I know, right? I'm pretty predictable. All right, so my number 10, I'm surprised, actually, that this one was not higher on my list, Things Can Only Get Better by Howard Jones. Solid choice. I mean, you know I love Howard Jones. We actually have this album. I don't think you guys can see it, but it's up here on our wall right now. This is from one of my top ten favorite albums. And we should say we're going to save our favorite songs and favorite albums for another show. These are just our most played. But this was definitely from one of my top ten favorite albums. And something special about Howard Jones, we have seen him live. A lot of these artists were people I had seen live. We are going to see him again. I can't wait. I cannot wait. And this time I'm really hoping to meet him because Howard Jones, not only one of my favorite artists, but also I found out recently we have the same birthday. I can already see what's going to happen. Abby is going to be like stalking him on the cruise. <laughs> totally. I'm not going to stalk him, like maybe mildly, but I will definitely want to let him know we are birthday buddies. So clearly we have a lot in common. And I just... I just think he's amazing. So things can only get better. Just one of many fantastic songs by Howard Jones. Number nine. Number Keith. nine. You might not even know this one. Seriously? All right. Let's see. You tell me if you know it. 
It's Mr. Blue by Yaz. Oh. It's from their 1983 album, You and Me Both. That's so weird. I love Yaz, but I can't think of that song per you, se. You've heard it, trust me, because you've probably listened to that album a hundred times. I probably have. My favorite um, Yaz song is Situation. Oh, I thought you were going to say Only You. Though that would be that no, would probably that be my <laughs> second favorite because it's mushy. It's a ballad. No, my favorite is Situation. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. Well, that's a great song, too. I mean, I'm sure it's great. I'll, yeah. I'll have to listen to it, and I'm sure I'll probably recognize it. Yeah, so everyone out there, if you've never heard Mr. Blue, check it out on Spotify or wherever okay. you listen to your music. It's a great song. Okay. All right. We will do it. All right. My number nine is Too Shy by Kaja Gugu. <laughs> Mostly, I picked that just so I could say Kaja Gugu. <laughs> just kidding. It was one of my, it was my number nine most listened to song. Um, so that song is from 1983. It spent two weeks at number one on the UK singles chart, but it only made it to number five in the US. But I was very, you know, progressive <laughs> music listener back in 1983. Well, there. Apparently, back in third grade. No, actually, I remember, I distinctly remember my friend Laura introducing this song to me, Laura Sporer. She told me about oh, this. Laura. Yeah. So, hi, Laura, if you're watching. Laura from Lufkin yeah, introduced Laura. you to this song. Yeah, but she lived in Dallas. Okay. And and we used to sing Too Shy. We liked that song. That was one of the cool songs. 1983. <laughs> okay, my number eight will not surprise you. Okay. This is Africa by Toto. Duh. Duh. Okay, I want to say... I did look at my list from just the past six months, and Africa was on my list for the six months, but it didn't make it to my top ten of all time. Yeah, Africa is my song. It is a great song. Of course. Yes. So it came out in 1982. It was on Toto 4. Mm-hmm. Funny thing about this song is it did reach number one. It was Toto's only number one hit on the Billboard 100. Oh, okay. But it was funny. It almost did not make the album. It was actually the last song recorded and the other, some of the band members did not like it because they said, it doesn't sound like Toto. Oh. But they recorded anyway. They were more interested in Rosanna. Rosanna. So that was Rosanna. like the lead. So on Toto 4, <laughs> that was like the lead song coming out of that album. Okay. So they were all focused on that. Weird. Little, little did they know Africa was the moneymaker. Africa is better. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Toto. But yeah. Africa is definitely better. Yeah, definitely. No offense to Rosanna. It didn't age as well, though. It's a little no. cheesy. But, I mean, okay, I don't want to diss on them too hard, but that song, Georgie Porgy, though. Georgie Porgy. Pretty lame. Kissed the girls and made cry. We love Toto, but that, that other song. Yeah, I was really surprised they sang that at their concert. Like, that's probably one that just needs to stay with the album. Stay and in the 80s. Stay in the 80s. And, I agree. Yeah. Okay, my number eight. Oh, this is such a good song, y'all. Always Something There to Remind Me by Naked Eyes. The interesting thing about this, a little fun fact, the song was actually not originally recorded by them. It was by Dionne Warwick. Really? I had no clue. Wow. Uh, But in 1983, Naked Eyes recorded it, and they reached number eight on the Billboard charts. And, of course, they are not one-hit wonders because they also have this great song called Promises, Promises, which I also love. Okay, my number seven, Howard Jones hit my list. <gasps> he did? Yes. The best Howard Jones song ever. What? 
No one is to blame. Oh, that is a good one. Yes. I love the lyrics on that one. Yes. You can look at the menu, but you just can't eat. Okay. It's funny that you mentioned that specific lyric. Okay. That was actually the lyric that was the genesis of the song. Oh, I didn't know that. I swear. Yes. I just love that song. Yes. So apparently the story goes, Howard was <laughs> in San Francisco and he was talking to one of his record exec buddies and they were walking down the street in San Francisco and the guy goes, hey, what do you think about the ladies here? And Howard Jones is like, they're really nice. You know, they're fantastic. He goes, well, you can look at the menu, but you just can't eat. Why would he say that? I don't know. That's a weird thing to say. Maybe but he I, just I think, said, I, think, I think he was saying is he like, hey, they're really they're nice. beautiful. But, but, but you're not going to have a chance with them. Okay. I, I think is what he was saying. That's very strange. Yeah. Okay. All but right. anyway, that's uh, how that song, <laughs> you know, Howard Jones said he never heard that expression before. Oh, the other guy said it, the and other, he liked the expression. The other guy said it. Howard oh, Jones had never heard the expression before. I have not heard that either. And he goes, ding, and all of a sudden it became a lyric to a song. Okay, that's really interesting. Yeah. That's such a great song. The, li- the whole song has amazing lyrics. It I does. I love that song. Good choice. Solid choice, babe. Thank you. Yeah, it's another mushy song. I know, but it's so good. Okay, but it's not really a love song. That one's not a love right. song. Okay. Number seven. Who Can It Be Now by Men at Work. Nice. Okay, so this is from 1981. It reached number two. On the Australian charts, and of course, Minute Work is from Australia, but when it hit American charts, it got number one. So um, it was released in 1982 in America, so it had like a little delay, and it just hit America and just did even better. And there's a funny story about the um, impetus to that song. When, <laughs> when Colin Hay was writing that song, um, he hadn't hit it big yet, and he must have lived in kind of a sketchy neighborhood because he lived in some apartments and his neighbor was a drug dealer. And so mm. a lot of times people would knock on his door that were mistakenly trying to go to the drug dealer. And so he was a little afraid to answer the door because sometimes it was <laughs> sketchy people <laughs> coming to his door. So he was like, I'm not going to answer the door because it might be somebody for that other guy. And so then that gave him the idea for the song. <laughs> wow. It's I'm just going to hide yes. and not in, pretend like I'm not home. Go away. Don't come around here no more. That's probably what I would do. I know. <laughs> I thought that was funny. It's like, you can't see me. I'm not here. The lights are off. I know. I love that song, though. It's such a good song. Number six. Okay. Duran Duran. <gasps> Duran Duran. I also have a Duran Duran song on my countdown. Uh-oh. I wonder if it's the same one. I don't know. Which is yours? Hungry Like the Wolf. Oh, that was not the same. Okay. Oh, that's so good, though. Yeah, that's from the Rio album, 1982. Killer album. And they say that the inspiration of this song was Little Red Riding Hood. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Hungry Like the Wolf. Of course, that makes a lot of sense. Yes. That's fun. I never knew that. Hey, I'm glad we didn't pick the same Duran Duran song. Oh, right. Okay, so (laughs) my next two are actually from the same band, but we'll start with number six. Number six Church of the Poison Mind by Culture Club. Now, yes. you guys know I love cu- Culture Club. This one was from 1983. From the, It was their second and most successful album, Color by Numbers, which we also have right up here on our wall, our wall of fame. Okay, so this song reached number two on the UK charts. Um, do you want to know what beat it? 
Beat it. No. <laughs> Let's Dance by David Bowie. So, I mean, okay. they were in good company. Good company, yeah. Yeah. What's your number five? Number five for me was one of my favorite concerts to date. It is If You Leave by OMD. Okay, we just saw them in concert not that long ago on Mother's Day. They were so good. Yeah, so If You Leave was on the Pretty in Pink soundtrack in 1986. It hit number four on the Billboard 100. Crazy thing about this song, it was not originally supposed to be in Pretty in Pink. Oh. It was supposed to be the OMD song, Goddess of Love. <laughs> Wait, I don't even know that song. I don't know it either. I'm sorry, OMD. Yeah. I don't know that one. So John Hughes uh, had this, the song in the movie. He had a test audience. It flopped. So oh, he, the Goddess of Love flopped? Yeah. Uh-oh. As, as the, the final song, you know, when they're <laughs> at the prom. Yeah. So he calls up OMD. He goes, I need a different song. Put them right on the so spot. So OMD was leaving for tour in two days. Okay. So they literally wrote the song in 24 hours. <gasps> Their most successful song. 24 hours. Wow. That is like an example of someone who works well under pressure. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's so interesting. That's crazy. All right. So I actually had two songs from Culture Club. So my next one, my number five, see if you know this one. Miss me, I know you miss me, I know you miss me, beloved, I know you miss me. Of course, that is Miss Me Blind. It peaked at number five, giving Culture Club its sixth consecutive top ten song, and it was also their final hit, their final top ten. But what an amazing song. I love that song. Yeah, it's cool that they're still touring. I uh, they are. They could still have a top ten. You know, they could. They're still making music. I would love to see them in concert one day. I know, boy George. We really want to see you. Like, hopefully, we'll get a chance to do that. Yep. Okay, number four for me is "But Not Tonight" by Depeche Mode. All right. Now, I love Depeche Mode, and Me I too. did not expect this to be in my, you know, top 10 most listened to songs, because I love Depeche Mode, but for some reason, this one I must <laughs> listen to a lot. That's not like their biggest hit no, at all. In it, fact, it's a rather obscure yeah, one. It's from Black Celebration. It's from 1986. It was actually in a movie, a rom-con called Modern Girls. I do not remember that. Never heard of that movie. <laughs> Let us know if you do. I, I don't remember that. Sorry. Yeah. But uh, I just love Depeche Mode, and I was surprised that that one was in the, in the mix. But, hey, it's a great song, but you're right. It is very obscure. Obscure. But great. Now I think I might want to add that to one of my playlists, actually. I forgot about that song. Yeah. We should make another video, Forgotten Forgot songs. Forgotten Awesome Songs. Yes. All right. <laughs> Speaking of awesome, my next one is super awesome. Here we go. Crack that whip. Give the passage slip. <laughs> of course, this is Whip It by Devo. Okay, so Whip It came out in 1980. Um, it only peaked at number 14 
How is that even possible? And they got robbed. Totally. But later, it has since become like just an 80s anthem. And of course, it's their only song to chart the top 40. But what an amazing song. I know why it's on my most listened to list. Because I listen to Whip It all the time. But mostly, I listen to Whip It as sort of like an inspiration when I need a little boost of energy or I'm trying to get something done that I don't want to do, like housework or something. So you're saying the song pumps you up. Yeah, well, it was written like an inspiration. If you listen to the lyrics, it's like, give the past a slip. It's talking about like, you know, when a problem comes along, just whip it, you know? And so I, I just find it to be inspiring. So that's why I picked Whip It. Well, that's why Spotify picked There's Whip It. It's one of my most most popular songs that I listen to. There's another great topic. What? 80 songs that are inspirational. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, that yes. one, I mean, I have certain songs that I turn to when I need a little inspiration, and Whip It is right at the top of that list. Mine would probably be Eye of the Tiger. Oh, that's a good one. That's the one that gets me pumped Yeah, out. there you go. I'm ready to kick some butt after that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm ready to do some housework. Woo! <laughs> All right, what you got next? All right, number three. Num- number three for me is The Promise by Win in Rome. So good. Surprise, this wasn't number one. Because I listen to this song a lot. Of course, it reminds me of Napoleon Dynamite. Darn it. I was going to ask you, Yeah. what movie was it in more in more modern times? It's not an 80s movie, no. but it is our favorite movie. We love Napoleon Dynamite, mm-hmm. and it totally reminds me of that because that's the, the credit song, right, on that, that one. They yeah, that's the, the end, end when they're hitting the, the little ball thing. The little at the ball, end. Yeah. yeah. When they're, What's that game called? I don't even remember. Tetherball? Yes, maybe. Yeah, I think it's Tetherball. We've been to Preston, so if you want to check out Napoleon Dynamite filming locations, we'll link that below. That's one of our all-time favorite places we've ever been, favorite video we've ever made. We love Idaho. Uh, That's probably my favorite video. Abby's like, I can move here. When we were there, I was ready to move. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, this song was written in 88. It was a self-titled album, Win in Rome. It hit number 11 on Billboard, and it was written in a garden shed. Oh, weird. Okay. I actually had that album. Did you have that album? I had it in more modern times. I don't think I had it back then. Okay. I had the, well, I had the tape in the 80s. I recorded it off the radio, so I just had the one song. Oh, gotcha. Oh, the whole thing is good. The whole album was great. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. All right. So my number three is by Hall & Oates. It's You Make My Dreams Come True. I do. Oh, you're talking (laughs) about the song. Um, but I think the most popular part of this song, the most famous part of this song, is the intro of this song, the opening riff. I can end that tune in one note. I know, right? What I want, you've got that might be hard to handle. All right, such a great song. And I think it's even gotten more popular lately because... It was getting used a lot by t- uh, TikTokers recently, so um, it's even had like a resurgence. But funny story about that intro, I was reading, um, Daryl Hall was saying that that intro was recorded on an older model of a Casio keyboard, and none of the newer models will duplicate <laughs> that 
dun, dun, dun sound that it made. And so he had to search around because, like, his finally died. And so he had to go and, like, find an old model, the specific model of Casio, to get that sound, that distinctive sound. So when he's playing that song, it has to have that right sound at the beginning. So he, plays, he plays a storage room of like 10 of them in it now. Just with the old ones <laughs> that he's stockpiling. So if you're looking for one, I know who has it. <laughs> it's Daryl Hall. <laughs> okay, number two for me was a big surprise. Oh, really? Number two was a surprise? Deadbeat Club by the B-52s. Oh, weird. Okay. Deadbeat Club. <laughs> Yeah, I think I might have picked that one up from you. Oh, yeah. I used to listen to it a lot. I went through a phase. Yeah. I used to listen <laughs> to it back in the 80s and 89 when it came out, but then I kind of forgot about it. And then I think it was one of your playlists, and I picked it up and have been listening to that thing a whole bunch. That's funny. Yeah. So, uh, you know what it's about? I do not. All right. So uh, Lazy people? Well, it's actually, about, <laughs> it's actually about them. So, apparently, when they were trying to get their start, they didn't have jobs, and they just hung around coffee shops all day. And okay. So, so the parents uh, nicknamed them the Deadbeat Club because they didn't work. Their parents called their parents them that. Parents them that. <laughs> called them that. That's hysterical. Yeah. So if you listen to the lyrics, it talks about you know getting hopped up on caffeine at the coffee oh, shop. Okay. So it's talking about them in their early days. I should go and read some of these like stories about my favorite songs because it makes you think of the song in a new way. Yeah. That's fun. I like that story. Yeah. But, you know, it's a little catchy song. And, you know, oh, totally. definitely brings back memories of my years in high school when uh, Love Shack was popular. I feel like Love Shack, Love Shack was the most popular of theirs, but oh, yeah. Deadbeat Club is really good. That's yeah, a great song. I sang Love Shack and one of those um, where you can make your own recording, like the little recording studios at Six Flags. Do you have that? I do. Ooh. <laughs> I do have it. I sang it. With my friend Sarah, I think it was with Sarah. Nice. Yeah, I've got it. I've got all that stuff. I save everything. Well, it'll you guys will get to hear that one of these days. Okay, are you ready for my number two? I'm ready. This will not surprise you at all. Her name is Rio and she dances on the sand. Just like that I mean, come on. Does it even get any better than that? Maybe Hungry Like a Wolf. Oh, no. Rio is so good. I love that. So we just saw Duran Duran in concert, of course. If you have not seen that video, what are you waiting for? We will link it. But I got to say, it was so cute when we saw that. Now, I should say, Keith and I used to live, like, literally on the Rio Grande. We lived... About one mile, I think, from the Rio Grande, maybe a mile and a half. Yeah, I crossed the Rio Grande every, every day, day to go to work. We had to drive across the Rio Grande to get to the grocery store or anywhere. We lived in, like, this tiny little town, Santa Teresa, New Mexico, right on the border between Texas, New Mexico, and Mexico. And we lived on the Rio Grande. So that's partly why I love that song, I think, because I have a lot of fond memories of living on the Rio Grande. But what's really funny is, what I was going to say is, I know what you, you know what I'm going to say. I know what you're going to say. Um, when we just saw Duran Duran, Simon Lebon was so cute because when this song came, when he started singing it, he's like, oh, that's round here, isn't it? We were in Fort Worth, so of course it's not really very close to the Rio Grande, but if you're in Texas, I guess you think you're like 
sort of. That's as close as they probably get. I would bet money they've never seen the Rio Grande. They probably haven't. I don't know. Have you guys seen the Rio Grande, uh, Duran Duran, if you're watching? Simon, <laughs> go to El Paso and see the actual Rio Grande. Yeah. It's pretty want, grand. If you want to go, we'll take you. Yeah, right? <laughs> okay, number one for me and probably one of the best videos of all time. That would be Take On Me by Aha. 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 That is a great choice. Yes. I love that video. How can you be an 80s fan and not pick that, honestly? I can't believe it wasn't on my list. Yeah. What's wrong with you? I don't know. It is the best video. Yeah. Obviously, it hit number one on the Billboard Top 100. Mm-hmm. Probably for multiple weeks. I didn't check. But, probably. Uh, I'm sure. I mean. Probably lived on the chart for a little bit. Yeah. So, uh, short list of places I want to go to some of the filming locations. When these days? Yeah. The diner from that place is, from that video is still open yes. in London. And we want to go. Yep. I mean, of course, that is, that is an awesome one. Good choice. All right. So, I don't think your number one can top my number one. <laughs> so let's see what you got. Okay. My number one most listened to song, according to Spotify, is Don't You Forget About Me by Simple Minds. We have a song from another John Hughes movie. I know. Well, I mean, if you're talking about the 80s, you know it's going to include some John Hughes soundtrack songs. And it doesn't get any more 80s than that. Like, The Breakfast Club was it. I loved that movie. Still do. It's from 1985, of course, from The Breakfast Club soundtrack. What's interesting about the song, a couple of things. One, it was written for the movie, specifically for the movie. So unlike some other songs that sometimes they're just added later. Um, but also, <laughs> the first time that it was offered to Simple Minds, they declined. Ooh. They declined. They were like, they wanted to make their own creative choices, and they wanted to write all their own music. And so they first said, no, thank you. Thanks, but no thanks. So then it was offered to Brian Ferry. He declined. Then it was offered to Billy Idol, who also declined, followed by The Fix, who also declined. These people are probably kicking themselves. So later, Simple Minds changed their minds, <laughs> and they did sort of rearrange it and made it their own, and they recorded it, rearranged it and recorded it in three hours. It became a number one hit in the U.S. and Canada, and it was also the band's only number one hit. Wow. So I don't know if that's a blessing or a curse for them, because they didn't hit number one with any of their originals as they really wanted. That was really their aspiration. They have other good songs. This is their only number one. But it's such a good song. It's a great story, too. I know. I can't believe so many... <laughs> So many 80s peeps turned it down. I mean, if they knew it was going to be in a John Hughes movie, I what mean, the heck? I mean, you see that over and over again. You never know, like, what movies or what songs are going to become incredibly popular. And, like, actors or musicians pass up on mm -hmm. songs or, or movies, and all of a sudden they're, like, huge, and they would have been career-changing. But yeah. you, know, you never know. I guess it's kind of hard when you're just, like, looking at the lyrics and playing some music to think, like, hey, are people actually going to listen to this or not? Yeah, and 
like, you know, that has become such an 80s anthem, that song. I feel like it made the film. Yeah. That song made the film. And it, it's just so great. If you hear that song, you can just picture the ending, right? You can just picture the ending. <laughs> yes. We exactly. Did not, we, we did not practice that, that ahead of time. Planned. Like, you just picture it in your mind. You can see that that last scene of, of, of him walking away from the high school after that fateful day in detention. Yes. <laughs> Well, this has been really fun. Yeah, it was fun. I'm really surprised that we didn't have any duplicates. Me too. That's yes. crazy because we're listening to music together all the time. Yeah. So you think. It just tells you that our tastes are, are, are both 80s, but it's a, they're a little bit different. A little different. Mine tends to be lean a lot more towards new wave and synth. I'm on the softer side of things, yeah, you know. <laughs> always. You know, it's my, my, my heart, you know. <laughs> yes. Well, this is fun. You guys should check out your Spotify list and see what your top 10 is or what your favorite songs are on there. Um, and also let us know in the comments if you're watching us on YouTube. We'd love to hear from some of you guys. What are your most listened to songs from the 80s? Whether you're listening or tuning in via video, thanks for joining us today.